Hey, my Alchemy Chic family. Just wanted to let you guys know that we are now available on several different platforms. Yay! So you can now find Alchemy Chic on Anchor, the Anchor app, of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. I'm so excited that our family is expanding. Make sure you go to each platform and subscribe now. Thanks. Love ya. Hey, my Alchemy Chic family. Thank you guys for returning back again. We are back with one of our Alchemy Chic influencers. This young lady, I actually met her randomly and I think we met through my YouTube video that I once had um she came to me a few times to get her hair done and we've been following each other on social media and I started to notice that she had this movement going on um working with women women and their bodies especially the bust area um so I have been following her and noticing the movement that she has created to help with understanding, um, first of all, what what your bra size is really supposed to be, how it's supposed to fit, um, especially with educating women on different bra types and um, how it's supposed to be healthier for your for the way that it fits, the form of your back, your posture, your shoulders, everything else. This woman really goes all in to educate women about the bustier area, and so of course she is very fitting for our Alchemy Chic family in terms of us learning how to not only understand our bodies, but love our bodies as they are and take care of them as the way that they should. So Alchemy Chic family, can you please welcome my lovely Miss Karima? How are you, darling? I am good. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's always so humbling when you hear somebody um, introduce you and you know to hear you um say that you feel like i'm creating a movement um that's so empowering even for me so thank you yes you absolutely are like every every when i first started noticing it i was like okay well that's different and i was like wait a minute oh wait she's she's really going in here and then it's like to see how you have progressed and the way that your audience has grown and what you're doing i really do think it is very much so an amazing thing amazing thing that you are doing um but I also noticed that for you, there seems to be a very big passion that that shines out out from you in terms of like body image and accepting yourself as you are. But why is it that body image is such such a passion of yours? Well, the reason um, <clears throat> why I started the Philly Bra Lady is because. Well, one, I started as a personal stylist and my business was failing and I needed to figure out what I was going to do to make it work. But also because um, I have always struggled with body image issues, self-confidence, self-esteem, things of that nature. And my bust was always the biggest culprit of that. And so, um, you know, it took me a very long time to get to this place where I can post myself in lingerie, um, you know, on Instagram. I can be proud of my body the way it is, really coming to a place where I have truly accepted it. Now, do I love my boobs? No. And I tell, you know, <laughs> I don't. 
And I tell, um, you know, I tell my clients that I tell my um, social media supporters that I'm not going to fake the funk. Do I absolutely love them? Like some women love their girls? No, but I accept them and I like to decorate them. And so, um, (laughs) you know, I want to get more women to a place where they can accept what's going on or change it, you know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. even when we do go to change it, um, we have to know that something can happen in life to make our bodies revert back to the way that they were. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you have to start with self-love at a place of self-acceptance first. Yeah. So let me rewind back because you said something and it's one of the the key components of Alchemy Chic in terms of you were saying that your business as a stylist was failing. Mm-hmm. Take us back to that moment where you were in that moment and how did you what was the thought process of making it through? Oh, I'm failing. But instead of giving up, you were like, let me see what more I can do. Well, I had put so much into my career. So I went to Virginia Tech for communications. I thought I wanted to be a journalist. Took journalism, hated it. Um, Could not get a job as a magazine writer to save my life. (laughs) And I took every dime that I had. I sold every piece of jewelry that I had and I moved to New York, right? (laughs) Was on unemployment, you know, doing little gopher jobs, different things like that. And um, my grandma passed and I took that money that she left me and I went to FIT. I did their personal stylist program, um, got engaged, moved back to my hometown of Philadelphia. And so Philadelphia women are a lot different than New York women. Their mindset is very different. And so when I got here, I was really trying to push through. You know, I was really trying to create this business of personal styling, you know, specifically for curvy and plus size women. And it just wasn't working. I even went to the point where I spent like over $5,000 out of pocket to create my own line of clothing, produced it in terms of the samples, all of that, you know, almost got into Elle magazine, like all these great things were happening and I wasn't making any money. Um, Mm -hmm. I just wasn't. And so it got to the point where I was like, okay, either I am going to be a housewife or I'm going to make this work. And so I've always been very determined um, not to go back to a nine to five. The last nine to five that I worked at, I was a customer service manager for a convenience store up here in like the Northeast corridor. Wawa. I don't know how many are familiar with that, but um, I, that was the last nine to five. And I said to myself, you know, I would never go back. And so I had been through so many things that I just knew that I had to figure out a way to make it work. And, um, you know, I started just really crunching the numbers, started looking at my services, what I was offering. And so, um, you know, I made profiting a service within itself because before what I would always do is I would take clients to my bra fitter in Nordstrom and Mm -hmm. I would get them the proper undergarments before we worked on the other stuff. And so I was like, well, I can do this. Let me kind of, you know, figure this out and see if I can do fitting as a service itself. And I tried many different things. I tried um, workshops. I tried boot camps, all these things. And then in 2014, when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, I had to stop. And once she 
got back into remission, I said, okay, I've had a year off. I'm going to really take the time to really focus on my business. And when I tell you, like, literally, I hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. I hit the ground running and it became Mm -hmm. my sole focus. And when it really became my sole focus, it really started to take off. Um, I started doing other stuff prior to that. Like the year before I would like post different things um, on social media, mainly Instagram, talking about myself shopping for bras, the couple of women that I knew that would let me fit them at that time. I would post different things. And so a trickle down effect, very slow, like molasses slow started to happen. (laughs) (laughs) It was really slow. And um, it was like, you know, over that time, women would be like, you're a size what? And you found that bra in a store. Can you help me? And so it was crazy because not only did I have, you know, women asking me these things, but they were sprinkled all throughout. I had women not only in the U.S., but in Canada and Europe, Barbados, you know. And now it's like I'm having conversations with women in Africa and South America, you know, about this. So it's really interesting how it happened. But it um it was definitely a struggle and very hard but i just was determined not to go back to a 9 to 5 which is nothing wrong with that but it just wasn't for me it I just wasn't it. for you yeah. yeah so taking it back uh what you were saying earlier um in terms of like accepting you you don't love your your baby's boobies booby babies mm-hmm. but <laughs> but you accept them so when did you learn to accept them and what was that process like um it took some time right so i first got my first fitting when i was 21 years old i'm i'll be 34 in november And so I was the type that I would wear two bras every day. Now that's two underwire bras, one on top of the other. It was crazy. (laughs) And I went shopping one day because I've always loved lingerie. I've always loved the sexiness of it. I've always loved how it made me feel when I put it on. It just didn't fit correctly. And so I went to, back then I used to be an advocate for Lane Bryant. used to shop there to get my bras. And I went there and um, this lady asked to measure me. And she kept haggling me. Finally, I let her measure me. She did it over top of my clothes. And she measured me at a 36G. I didn't believe her. Told her she was crazy. Absolutely not. I'm not wearing that. No. She told me to go to Nordstrom where I met my bra lady, um, Ray. She taught me everything that I, almost everything, about 90% of what I know about fit. And um, she measured me the same way. And I boohoo crying. I'm talking about like, color purple ugly cry <laughs> it was really bad and I couldn't accept it at that point and so over the years I just got to a place where I was just like you know it's not going to change mm-hmm. you know you have these boobs and I think when I really got to a place of the true true like fully accepting is in my journey through Christ, through a a higher power, something bigger than myself. And I realized the light bulb went off. This Mm -hmm. is why God gave you these so that you can help these other women. This is your purpose. Mm. Um, This is what you're supposed to do. If I didn't have, you know, big breasts, if I didn't go through all of the torment, all of the struggles, you know, all of the crying, all of the trials and tribulations, I would not be able to be as compassionate 
for mm-hmm. my clients the way that I am. I wouldn't go hard for them the way that I do. Um, and so I am thankful for them because I realized that they were definitely a part of my purpose. Um, but that it was at that point, at that moment. So probably not that long ago, actually, probably, I don't know, maybe 2013, something like that. When I first decided that I was going to do this and how hard I was going to go doing it, um, is when I really accepted it. And I was like, this is what it is. And I can actually use this to do what my mission has always been, which is to inspire and influence and impact the lives of women. Nice. Uh, So what do you think is the most important thing for a woman to know about her body as well as self-image with you having that compassion and understanding and knowing that the things that you struggled with and kind of worked through what do you think is the most important thing? And I, I know that it, it is a process being that I've gone through the, a similar process myself. So I know it's not, not always particularly one thing, mm-hmm. but what are some of the things if you, if you can uh, give me like top five, maybe of most important things for women to know about their body, as well as what a healthy self image would be. Well, one is that, um, It's only going to change if you want it to change, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be. Um, And so if you want it to change, you have to really, you know, um, commit yourself to that change. A lot of times we say we want to change something, you know, we want to do it, but we don't actually do it. And that could be anything from a hairstyle to eating right, um, Mm -hmm. exercising, losing Mm -hmm. weight, um, dressing a certain way, all that type of stuff. It's only going to change if you really make the commitment to it to change. The other thing is, you know, um, we have to accept ourselves for where we are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So many women will tell me once I fit them, I'm not going to buy anything yet because I'm going to lose a couple pounds. And so I want to wait. Okay, but what if you don't, you know, you still, you you know, you came to me for a reason and you have to assess things the way that they are right now. I'm currently going through that because I just had a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I, I thought that I was going to be a completely different mother than the way that I am. Um, especially when it came to exercise. Like I thought that I was going to exercise all throughout my pregnancy. Wasn't really in control of that because I really didn't have enough energy to do it all three trimesters. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I thought that I would um, snap back more faster because I had, you know, chosen to breastfeed and all these things. And so I'm at the place now where I'm like, you know what? In order for me to be the best person that I can be the best mom that I can be I have to feel good about me every day and so Mm -hmm. I was like you know what you're gonna have to just accept Karima that you are a size 16 on the bottom and you wear a double XL top it's just that way and so um you know 
going through that, clean, deciding to clean out my closet so I wouldn't see smaller sizes and that make me feel bad every time I'm trying to get dressed because 90% of the stuff in here I can't fit. You know, making that choice to do that and saying, okay, I'm going to actually dedicate a certain amount of my budget to getting new things so I can be cute. And, you know, mm-hmm. when I go out, I can feel my best because how am I going to encourage other women to feel their best and I don't feel my best? Right. You know what I mean? And so... You know, you have to meet yourself where you are and do what you can with where you are. And again, going back to number one, if you want to change it, you know, change it. Um, Find something to do every day that helps you to do something for yourself and focus on you. It's extremely hard to do, especially when you are um, the backbone of a family, you are maybe running a business or you work a really, um, you know, strenuous job, or, you know, you are a mother or whatever the case may be, or a caregiver, whatever it is. A lot of times we, as women put ourselves on the back burner and you mm-hmm. gotta do something every day. So before I became a mother, I would either pray or meditate. Um, every single day, five minutes, two minutes, you know, whatever, take that time to do that. That was something that I decided to do for me. It helped me out, you know, tremendously. I always preach about, uh, meditation and prayer Mm -hmm. because they have been, um, very, very instrumental in my life in particular, Um, But I encourage that. I don't care what it is. Take a bath, make a cup of tea, you know, and sit for two minutes, whatever it is that you have to do for you. Uh, Put on lipstick or mascara, make a hair appointment, whatever. Um, Women need to do things for them and we don't tend, we don't tend to do them. And then last but not least, I would say kind of goes with it, but you have to mentally get to a place where you are enough to actually do all these things that I'm saying. You know, a lot of women will say, well, my husband don't care, or I don't have time, or, well, everything I do is for my kids, you know, but aren't you enough to be able to do these things for you? Yes. If you, you know, if you are not right, then the other stuff isn't going to be great either. So really understanding, like mentally getting to a place where you understand those things and you're willing to do whatever it takes um, to get through and to push through, then do it, you know, and don't worry about what somebody else is going to say or what somebody else is going to do. I remember listening to a podcast that Maddie James did, um, I don't know, maybe a little over a year ago. And she was talking about not being ashamed of the fact that she had a housekeeper and not being ashamed of the fact that she sends out her laundry. And so when I got so busy in my business where I needed to do that, I did it. And yes, people definitely judged me. Oh, you 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 send your laundry out? You have somebody clean your house? I remember the old Karima used to clean every Friday. Well, now I have clients. And I have right. things that I right. have to do. You know, inventory and this, this and that. Or maybe just taking a moment for me. Um, and, you know, people will definitely do that. But you have to remember, first and foremost, that you're doing it for you. Mm-hmm. So... In terms of starting starting your your business, um, what is it like being the first mobile bra fitting business? Like what? How? How? I guess it's it sounds more glamorous than what it might be because I know as a business owner, um, for myself as well, things always look like they're just so much so so glamorous. Right. Um, 
And I know in terms of, I'm pretty sure you've had your ups and downs when it comes to to business, but it's still very extraordinary that you're the first mobile bra fitting business. But what is that like? Like, what, what was that process like to say, hey, yeah, this is definitely how it needs to happen. And then to know that you're the first, how how much fun is it to know that part? Um, So it is something that's kind of a double-edged sword. One, because people kind of get confused as to what that really means. Um, mm-hmm. Even when I'm talking about business to business, like in the beginning, we only did fittings. Um, actually, selling bras didn't come until like a year and a half or so later. So when we finally went to market and we went to build relationships with these vendors, a lot of them were hesitant to work with us and would not work with us because we didn't have a brick and mortar. So that mm-hmm. was difficult. But um, the good thing about it is, is that now seeing some of the success that we've had, some of them have actually reached back out to us and want to work so with awesome. us. Right. So that part um, definitely is um, rewarding in that sense. Um, I did it that way because we charge for our service. So it's twenty six fifty for us to come out to wherever. And we do fit people wherever. We fit lawyers in their offices before, same as real estate agents. Um, we've done people at friends' homes. We've done it in their homes. Wherever you want us to come, we'll come. Um, as long as it's within 30 miles of Philadelphia, we come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... We had to do something to justify that price and to differentiate ourselves from a Victoria's Secret, from a Nordstrom, from a lingerie boutique. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes, again, with meeting women where they are, this journey for women, when I meet them, I don't know where they are with it. You know, how long have they been going through this? What has it Mm -hmm. been like for them? What has their experience been like? And so it's better to do it in a place where they're comfortable in a place where you don't have four other people in a dressing room. Somebody can overhear you. Right. Um, you know, you got to wait 15 minutes while somebody goes back and gets you a bra and then they're trying to help another person. So I really, really um, wanted to create a very luxurious but affordable experience and service for women. Mm. And so um, it hasn't always been easy to do that. But that's always um, the mission, and that's what we strive to do. So being mobile really helps us to be able to do that because it adds a nice concierge type of feel to it. Um, And not only do we fit you anywhere, but even with your bra, you know, a lot of times we will actually drop it off to you, especially if the woman is in a bind and she needs it for, you know, a vacation or she needs it for a certain event. We'll come to your job and drop it off. We'll come to your home and personally deliver it for you. Look at how it fits just to make sure that it's perfect. Um, And then if we need to return it, you know, we'll go ahead and take it, exchange it for you, return it and send it back. So we really, really try to cater to clients in that way to differentiate ourselves. And the mobile aspect has 100% helped us to do that. But if we had a store, um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to charge as a fitting service fee. Although I do know Mm -hmm. there are a couple places now trying to do that. But again, we were the first to do that. That is so awesome. Um, now, I know in, it's not just showing up and doing the fitting, but I know that you do a lot of education for women mm-hmm. on bras and how they fit and what the proper fit should be. And I know um, through your YouTube page, you do the you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But why is it so important for you to educate on bras and how they fit? 
Um, again, it goes back to differentiating ourselves and, um, you know, our niche is curvy and plus size women. And so our product tends to cater towards women that are shaped that way. However, we work with women of all size ranges, you know, C cups, B cups, whatever. And so um, understanding how a bra should fit is key because I get that, you know, we're small, you know, we carry a limited amount of inventory a select um, amount of styles. And you may want something that we don't have. Typically, a lot of our stuff is black. We carry um, a fashion color and we always tend to carry red or purple. Okay. Um, but if you want hot pink with flowers or cheetah print, I can't give you that. But I'm not, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not worried about that because of the relationship that we build with our clients. And mm-hmm. so the education part is always first. So during the appointment, you get a bra boot camp 101. And we mm-hmm. also teach you what's going to work for you. You know, part of the frustration out there with women is, um, you know, shopping for bras can be extremely tedious, even for myself. When I change bras, if I want to try out a new brand or anything, um, it is, you know, I have to take the time to really do that, even for myself. And so a lot of women want, you know, myself to come in there and just kind of be like Mary Poppins, you know, bippity-boppity-boo, and boom, all their bra troubles are over, then the perfect bra, you know, the end. And it doesn't work like that. For some mm-hmm. of my clients, they're very easy fits. You know, I come in, the measurements match, boom. For other clients, it's a journey. Can they wear full coverage? Are they better in Demi? Should they wear lace? Is a spacer bra better? What brands are going to work? You know, mm-hmm. learning those things is a um, And you have to really be prepared for that. And so helping women to know what's going to work for them helps them to shop on their own. It gives them the confidence to be able to say, okay, Karima's not here, but I'm online or I'm in this store. I can do this. And that is something that I want all women that come to us to be able to do. I don't want clients to be so reliant on us that they can't do it on their own. I need them to be able to sometimes do it on their own. Okay, so in terms of you've you've met a lot of women and you've helped them to kind of uncover a lot of uh, misguided information or understandings about how bras are supposed to fit and all that. But what are some unnecessary pains and shame that women have carried and how have you addressed those realities of self-perceptions as because it, it really does start from the moment you put on your bra um well really before that but the moment you put on your bra that's when the whole dressing of yourself begins Mm -hmm. so how have you helped to address those realities of false perceptions and the unnecessary pain and shame that women carry well I always try to tell my story first Mm -hmm. and foremost you know and I've tried to do that in every way possible I've done that through videos I try to do it through social media YouTube so on and so forth because I want women to know it's nothing to be ashamed about Um, Mm -hmm. So telling my story, um, if I have the luxury of talking to them on the phone first, because a lot of women will just go online and make the appointment, which is fine. But if I have the luxury of them calling and talking to them, letting them know that 
it's nothing to be ashamed of. If you've done it, trust me, I've done it too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of women will say, don't judge me. This is a raggedy bra. Listen, that's okay. You know, like, <laughs> I've seen it all. You know, I've done yeah. it all. So just trying to, again, relate to them, showing compassion, meeting them where they are, and, um, you know, not being afraid to be vulnerable and letting them know that whatever they're feeling is okay. I've had women say, you know, to me, well, how come you know all this information? I could be your mother or I could be your grandmother. You know, I know this information from being in this business. Trust me, Mm -hmm. I did not know it prior to it. I didn't have anybody to teach me this information. When I was 10 years old and I first really had real boobs, something to put in a bra, my mom just took me to the store and said, put this on, and that was it. There was no fitting. There was no education. Very true. You know, and I just Very continued true. on that way up until that lady in Lane Bryant grabbed me and was like, you're in the wrong size. Let me help you. Yeah. Um. So, you know, um, letting them know that. And also, you know, some women are like, they do feel ashamed because they're like, this is the first time I've ever had a bra on that fit. Don't be ashamed of that. You're here. You know, you're at yes. this point. You did it now. So let's just focus on the future and let's go forward and use the tools that I'm giving you now to do better because now you know better. Or again, sharing my story with those who are ashamed about the size. And I always tell them, it took me years. Once that lady measured me at a 36G, it took me years to be able to say it out loud to people other than my mom and my aunt. It took me years. I would never tell people. Mm-hmm. Even a salesperson, if my bra fitter wasn't there and I went to get bras and the woman wasn't African-American, she wasn't curvy or busty, I didn't want her to help me because she didn't understand what I was going through. Yeah. And back then, you know, up until a couple years ago, And literally a couple, like two or three, when I told people, you know, all the different sizes that I've been, a G, an H, a double H, a J, people would look at me like it was something wrong with me. Like I told them I had four boobs, you know, (laughs) like they would look me up and down. And so I've gone through all of that. I've been there. But I tell people, nobody has to know but me, you and God. That's it. If you want to tell people, that's you. But you don't have to tell anybody. So, you know, just really trying to share with them and give them advice as much as I can. But those are the three things normally that I hear the most. It's normally um, accepting one size, wondering why they don't know these things at their age. I had a woman um, a couple weeks ago, so cute, Miss Linda. I'll never forget her. I put her in this lacy blue bra. Honey? She was so excited, and she couldn't believe it. She said, I'm 66 years old. i never seen my breasts look like this. Oh. And then she got a little crazy and started talking about going to get a sponsor, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, to be able to do that for women of all ages is, you know, unbelievable. So beyond your financial bottom line, how has your business become more than you'd ever think it would be? Like I said, I'm talking to women in Africa. Like it's, you know, they're, they, they, you know, when they send me these messages, especially other bra fitters, because, you know, when we go to convention, I'm not sure. I'm sure, you know, it's, it's different um, with you being in, you know, makeup and hair and being in, in cosmetology in that way. Um, 
we're like a pebble in sand, essentially, when mm-hmm. we go show there is really no black women on either side of the table in terms of you know businesses fitters or sales or press and so um you know to have these women sending me these messages on instagram about how i'm helping them in their business and Mm -hmm. i'm inspiring them and they love the work that i'm doing it's like you know i can't even describe it. it it makes my day you know it makes my heart sing um and so it's just amazing to me to get that love and appreciation from people that are in the same industry as me um and so yeah like that's the part probably you know besides the bottom line that has been one of the best moments and then the other thing is just like I said just the clients you know some of them have really become family to me like some came to my baby shower you know Mm. I I really, really love these women. Some of them we really build relationships with. Um, and I'm happy for that. And again, that's a way where comes a differentiation thing. You can't call the sales girl at Victoria's Secret at 10 o'clock at night and ask her for help. You yeah. know what I mean? You can't do that. Um, and so just knowing that I've made such an impact on so many women, both professionally um and personally is is the greatest thing of all time now i we had spoke earlier um before we actually started the the call um you said that you weren't going to be taking on new clients which now hearing the whole story of what your business is it does kind of make me sad but i understand uh because you're making the choice to really still help women but also focus on being a mom talk about what that decision means for you um it just it's just it just means that um, I want to be the best mother that I can be. And I guess I should definitely explain that because I don't want women to take that in the wrong context. But mm-hmm. every mother, you know, once you step into that role, you know what's going to be best for you and your and your child. You know, some women more instinctively than others, but it's just something that you know. And so when my mom was diagnosed with cancer in 2014, I had to step in as a new person and take over her business and stop my own. My mom does general contracting. And okay. so um, I kept that role since then. So when I wasn't a mother, I could work two full-time jobs. Now, granted, I really didn't have a life. You know, I was working <laughs> myself into the ground. But, you know, mm. I'm a workaholic by nature, so it worked for me. Now, with this little person who I'm completely responsible for, I just don't have the time and energy to do that. Um, I also made the commitment to breastfeed for a year which I completely underestimated the uh, <laughs> commitment. Um, but it's a choice that I made and I'm going to stick to it. But again, it is a day by day thing because I'm telling you sometimes at three, four in the morning, I'll be like, girl, little girl, little girl, girl I don't know. <laughs> but um, I know that that's what's best for me. And I just feel like I'm not able to give my best right now to my profit clients. And I don't 
want anything to tarnish the reputation that we've built. We've built an incredible reputation. Um, so much so, you know, again, we have people from all over Louisiana, you know, Georgia, North Carolina, mm-hmm. like, you know, asking, can you help me LA? Like, it's crazy to me. And so that's so awesome. Yeah. I don't want anything to tarnish that. You know, I've worked so, so hard on this business and, um, I know that it's time for me to take a step back, come up with some new processes, and um, some new vendors and just really change the way that I'm doing things. Because when I first started back, I was doing four days a week. Too much. Mm-hmm. So I took it down to three. And then it was just like, you know what? Until I get her into an early learning daycare um, and really just kind of think about how we want things to be for 2019, where we want to take things, how I want to change certain things. So I also noticed that certain things weren't really working the way that they mm-hmm. were working before. Um, it was mm-hmm. certain features and stuff that women weren't really taking advantage of in the way that it was designed for them to. At one point they were, and now I'm noticing that they're not so much. Um, <clears throat> it's really, really focusing on that is what I want to do. Um, and so I just knew that it was time. And so a lot of people were upset. And it's so crazy because some people had just found me, of course. And they were like, I'm going oh. to book an appointment. What are you doing? <laughs> please, can you take me? And so I tried to take as many people as I could for the rest of October. But um, I think October 15th is the last appointment date that we have up until next um, March. And so, yeah, I just needed the time. And it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And again, people judge you for all different types of decisions. You know, oh, why do you want to put her in school so early? She's going to be in school for the rest of her life. You know, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do that? And, you know, I really try not to explain and just say, like, this is what I know is the best thing for she and I, and that's what I'm going right. to do. Yeah, and then and there has to be a balance there, you know, for, for and the only, only person who needs to justify that is between you and, you know, your family and what's going to be best for you all. Um but I know that you have said it, and this is normally how I, I like to, because I, I feel like everyone has a purpose. I really and truly feel every single person on this planet has a purpose. And you mentioned that you, this is what your purpose is. Normally I ask, do you feel like you're living, you're, you are living your purpose? But you said that you feel that way. So really, I just want you to expand on how it feels to be living your purpose right now. Are you expecting someone to spend yeah, so um, it feels, I mean, it feels great. You know, when when I had that life love moment that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and when it's constantly reflected in what I am doing, um, you know, when I get those feedbacks, when I get the testimonials, when I have women, you know, sending me pictures or posting pictures or videos of themselves in their bras, You know, it's just something that continually lets me know, um, you know, that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And truth be told, I go back and forth with this so much. You know, becoming a mother made me kind of question it. When it wasn't working in the beginning kind of made me question it. Um, And then when I stepped into the role in my mom's company where I make make way more money doing this than I do in the Philly Brow Lady, You know, that makes me question it too. Like, well, maybe I should just, you know, let that go and solely focus on this. But the joy that I get 
when I fit a woman and she puts on that bra and it's perfect, some some of my clients don't even get it. They're looking at mm-hmm. me like, well, what's going on? Or, you know, like, why are you sm- why are you looking like that? And I'm like, because you just don't understand how seeing yeah. you in that bra fitting like that makes me feel how much joy, you know, it, it naturally and organically gives me so those yeah. moments which are not daily because entrepreneurship just don't work like that <laughs> <laughs> no um, it does not you know, but just, just when you need it it shows up right it just don't yeah. work like that but um yeah. you know it constantly lets me it constantly lets me know that I am working in my purpose and that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and every time I go through something personally with body image or with me feeling some type of way about my boobies like I do right now because <laughs> they are not my own and they are just all <laughs> over the place and everything. You know, I feel like, okay, so this is another thing that God is doing because when I work with clients, you know, that are new moms that are nursing, now I can share my experience with them in terms of what that whole journey and process is like. Yes. Yes. So I know that you're, you're not taking new clients, but if people still wanted to follow you, um, where can they reach you? What social media can they follow you on? So I am the Philly bra lady on all social media. So Instagram, um, Facebook, I have totally neglected Twitter, but I am on there. Um, (laughs) On all social media, I'm not on Snapchat. I just, I want to do it, but Instagram is a lot in itself. Um, And so you can also find me um, with that on YouTube as well, or Karima Renee. I also come up under that. Um, And then our website is The Philly Bra Lady, which all of our videos are on thephillybralady.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And let me, Alchemy Chic family, let me just explain something to you all. Uh, Karima has a nasty ear infection and I don't know if you all can tell, but I have a really bad cold. I've been sniffling this whole time and we made the commitment to go ahead and make this happen for this evening. So I would love to just give a big virtual hug to Karima for, uh, taking the time out of being a busy mom and a businesswoman, as well as having an ear infection and getting to share her story. So thank you so much uh, for doing this for the Alchemy Chic family and us learning how to kind of grow through certain issues. And I appreciate you uh, being open and vulnerable and bold to share your truth with us for this evening. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh, of course. No problem. Thank you for having me. Like I said, I'm honored. Anytime anybody wants to interview me or wants me to share my thoughts, you know, I'm always honored because I'm just a black girl with dreams that's it. Like, you know, I'm no, <laughs> you know, I'm no big wig. I'm nothing special. But whenever anybody wants to hear my thoughts or, you know, wants me to contribute to anything in any way, I'm always humble. Thank you so much. All right, Alchemy Chic family, you guys know how this works. You hear Miss Karima's story and you want to share it. You know someone who needs to hear about how to appreciate their baby boobies. <laughs> um, make sure you text this episode out to five women. Um, we are still expanding our platforms for our podcast, so be on the lookout to keep listening for that. And until next time, we are still ordinary women doing extraordinary things. Thanks, guys, for joining us today, and have an awesome, awesome day tomorrow. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye.